Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Borley Rectory was widely regarded as the most haunted house in England. It started with the stories of a ghostly nun who walked the grounds, as well as poltergeist activity within the home. The hauntings made headlines when renowned paranormal investigator Harry Price responded to the calls for help from the Smith family. Controversy swirled around his findings, which only grew as the infamy of the haunted building continued to grow. This is episode number 68 of Hometown Ghost Stories, The Poltergeist of Borley Rectory. I walked down the path as I had always done, but this time she wasn't with me. I had obsessed over her for years, but it had been some time since I had seen her. I remember how confused my family had been when I first mentioned that I had been seeing her, and I remember not being entirely concerned with their concerns. I think about how I used to sneak out in the middle of the night and sit on the porch and wait for her. Sometimes, I'd wait for hours, listening to the expansive nothingness of the night. The memories came in quick flashes as I walked down the familiar old path. I knew every root, every rock, and every branch. I had walked this path countless times. My feet were ice cold, and I could see my breath. I closed my eyes and tried to picture her face, but it had been so long that her features had become a blur, distorted from her prolonged absence. How long had it been? I couldn't be certain. She used to walk with me on this path, but I walk alone now. I'm Henry Bull, or at least what's left of me. After years of obsessing over this spirit of a nun, I finally became part of her story. I don't remember how I died, in fact, I didn't even know I had passed until the day that I saw her on the path, but this time, she saw me too. That's how I knew. It was a strange existence, being a ghost, but it's also a peaceful one. I no longer have to worry about the outside world or the things that once troubled me. I'm free to wander on this path and watch the world go by. My family never forgot about me. They would still visit the cottage, sitting on the porch and telling stories about me and the ghost of the nun. They never realized that I was there, walking the path and listening to their memories. The rectory was gone now. I don't remember what happened to it, just one day it wasn't there. I don't think I have a perception of time anymore, so it's hard to pinpoint when I stopped seeing the nun but it seems like a lifetime ago. I think it was around the same time that the rectory disappeared. It's lonely on the path. Sometimes I see people, 
But they almost never see me, and when they do, they never want to talk to me. They always run away. So I just wander back and forth until the day I, like the nun, disappear into the night. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the poltergeist of Borley Rectory. Constructed in 1862, the Borley Rectory was built by Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull on Hall Road across from the Borley Church. Borley is a small village in the county of Suffolk, England. The building replaced an earlier rectory that had burned down in 1841. Long before the former building burnt to the ground, locals claimed that a Benedictine monastery stood in the area, and this location was plagued with dark tales of betrayal, murder, and barbaric executions. Legend has it, it all started when a strikingly handsome monk crossed paths with a beautiful nun from a nearby nunnery. It was love at first sight. They began meeting in secret and planned to escape so they could marry and live a life together where they didn't have to hide their love for one another. The monk had a friend who agreed to help them with their escape plan. They planned to meet in the middle of the night where his friend would pick them up in a carriage. Unfortunately for this young couple, their plans fell through and their sinful love affair was exposed when the elders found out. The driver of the coach would be beheaded, and the monk was hanged outside of the monastery while the nun watched. Tears streamed down her face, but sorrow quickly turned into terror as she thought about what her own fate would be. She was led to the vaults below the monastery and forced into a small hollowed-out area of the walls. There she sat and watched as brick by brick was laid in front of her where her muffled screams faded away and she was left to suffocate and die. Other variations claim that the monk was bricked up with the maid, and another variation says that once freed, the monk and the nun got into an argument where the monk strangled her to death. All of these stories have one common denominator. Whoever this nun was that was killed may be one of the many ghosts that haunt the grounds of Borley Rectory to this day. The new rectory was much larger, roughly 7,500 square feet, with 11 bedrooms which was necessary since the Bull family had 14 children. It wouldn't be long before Henry Bull and his family started witnessing the ghost of a somber nun gliding across the grounds. Most frequently, when sitting down for dinner, the family would see the nun peering through the dining room window when they would sit down to eat. The sightings were so frequent and terrifying that Henry decided to brick up the dining room window where she was most commonly seen staring through. She was described as having a miserable expression on her face, constantly staring at the guests and servants. The daughters complained about spotting the nun, usually at dusk, gliding across the lawn, always seen with a scowl or a frown on her face. Henry had a summer cottage built on the property overlooking the path that the ghostly nun was most commonly seen traveling. At this point, it was nearly a daily occurrence, and Henry became obsessed, making it a ritual. He would spend more and more time at the summer cottage, sitting on the porch and observing the nun as she made her rounds. They named the path that she was traveling on, the Nun's Walk. Her path always began on the side of the rectory, near the drawing room. She would step over the low boundary wall that runs parallel to the walk, and move in a straight line across the yard, and then disappear amongst the trees that overhang a small stream that traversed the garden. 
The summer cottage that sits across from the nun's walk was allegedly built just so Henry could observe the ghost. The peculiar construction of the building would lead one to believe that that is true. Two sides of the octagon-shaped summer house are entirely open and free from obstruction, while a third side is open for more than half of its height. It's an ideal arrangement for observational purposes. Henry Bull and his son spent lots of time at the summer cottage waiting for the appearance of the nun. Reverend Bull would eventually pass away in the Blue Room on May 7, 1892. His son Harry would be left in charge of the rectory. Harry also claimed to witness the ghost of the nun several times over the years, as well as witnessing a ghostly carriage, complete with a headless driver. But it wasn't just Harry who witnessed the phantom carriage. His sisters and many locals also spotted the coach, always heading in the direction of Borley Rectory. On June 9, 1927, Harry Bull also passed away in the same blue room of the Borley Rectory, and once again, the building became vacant. Edward Cooper joined the staff at Borley Rectory in April of 1919. He and his wife lived at the cottage on the grounds, and Edward would spend years working as the groom gardener. One morning in 1919, as the couple woke, they both saw a black shape in the form of a little man running around their bedroom. They both laid frozen, shocked by what they were witnessing. Before they could do anything about it, the form vanished. This sighting led them to believe that, quote, the devil was in the house. This wouldn't be the only supernatural sighting that the Coopers would experience. They saw a nun crossing the courtyard frequently. One evening, around 10 p.m., they saw the hooded figure moving across the courtyard, walking towards the road. Directly in her path was the cover of an inspection chamber, which was flush with the ground. Edward knew that the lid of this chamber was loose, as he had stepped on it countless times before and he knew that it would make a metallic clanking sound when stepped on. However, when the nun stepped directly onto the cover, no sound was heard. He called his wife over, and she also saw the nun. Her appearance was becoming more and more clear every time they saw her. It was less of a shadow figure at this point, and more lifelike. Mr. Cooper described his most terrifying encounter at Borley. One night, he and his wife were getting ready for bed, when Edward happened to look out the window. In the meadow by the church across the street, he saw some bright lights moving. Curious as to what these lights were, and why they would be there at this hour, he sat and watched. He noticed that the lights were moving towards him. As they got closer to the road, he saw that these lights were actually the headlamps to a large black carriage which was rapidly crossing the hedge and roads towards the rectory. He could see the harness of the two horses reflecting the light from the lanterns. The black coach was driven by two figures wearing top hats. He shouted to his wife, but she was too late to catch the spectacle. The coach drove into the farmyard and vanished into thin air. A carpenter who worked at the rectory by the name of Fred Cartwright claimed that on a Tuesday morning in 1927, he walked by Borley Rectory around 6.45 a.m. Standing by the gates was a sister of mercy. She looked like a perfectly normal nun but he found it odd that she would be standing there at that hour. He figured she was waiting for a ride, but noted that she was standing oddly still, not moving a muscle. A few days went by, and he passed by the same spot every morning without seeing the nun. The following Friday, she was back, standing in the same spot, not moving. He thought it was odd that she would be in the exact same spot at that odd hour of the day. Her appearance was the same, 
except for one small detail. This time, her eyes were shut. He figured maybe she had been up all night tending to a sick person or something, and again, he didn't really think anything of it. The third time he saw the nun was the following Wednesday morning, where once again, she was standing in the same spot at the same time. As he passed her, he was staring at her. This time, she seemed to be pale and sickly, and once again, her eyes were closed. She seemed to be sleeping while standing in her spot by the hedges next to the gate. Something was unusual about her demeanor, and Mr. Cartwright was starting to get a bit uneasy. As he continued walking, he couldn't stop thinking about the nun. Maybe she needed help. He worked up the courage and decided to go back and see if she needed assistance. To his shock, the nun was nowhere to be found. He had only taken a few steps before turning back. He heard no vehicle that could have approached to pick her up. So where did she go? She seemed to just vanish. The fourth and final time that Fred saw the nun was on the following Friday. Once again, there she was. The same time, the same place, standing by the gate, not moving. He was almost relieved to see her. Not necessarily in a friendly manner, but honestly, he couldn't make any sense of their last interaction. He was determined to at least say good morning to her that day. As he approached her, she was just gone. Not like she slowly vanished out of sight, but at the blink of an eye, she just disappeared. He was puzzled. Maybe she slipped through the gate, but no human being could have moved that quickly. Not knowing what else to do, Mr. Cartwright opened the gate, but the nun was nowhere to be seen. He walked the whole length of the drive from one gate to the next, but there was no sign of her or any people moving about the rectory. After 12 clergymen passed over the job, refusing to move into the notoriously haunted house, on October 2nd, 1928, Reverend Guy Smith moved into the rectory with his wife. They didn't believe in the stories of haunted happenings inside the home, but that would soon change. Soon after moving in, the Smiths began hearing loud footsteps. Several maids actually quit their job at the rectory because they were terrified of the ghostly nun that they kept seeing outside of the home, while another maid reported to see the phantom coach. Their second maid stayed for only two days at the rectory. She saw the ghostly nun wearing a hood at the gate at the bottom of the garden. She also witnessed a ghost of a headless man by a tree. She actually chased this figure into the garden before he disappeared. Mrs. Smith was cleaning up one night when she opened a cupboard. She discovered a brown paper package, neatly tied with a thin rope. She took it out and opened it up. Inside this package, she discovered the skull of a young woman. After this grisly discovery, paranormal activity at Borley Rectory took a dark turn. Loud disembodied footsteps were heard throughout the house, and lights would unexplainably appear in windows when no one is in the room. They also heard whispers and moans throughout the night, as well as a voice saying, Don't, Carlos don't. Poltergeist activity picked up around the house, with pebbles and glass bottles being tossed around the home and down the staircase. Coins, keys, and other items appeared out of thin air, and lights would continue to turn off and on. Then the servants' bells began to ring. Not only were the bells that these rooms were originally assigned to vacant at the time, but the bells had been disconnected for years. What was even more disturbing was that Mrs. Smith started hearing and seeing the ghostly horse-drawn carriage pulling up to the house in the middle of the night. The coach would race across the lawn, through the bushes, through the front gate, and just as it was about to crash into the front of the house, it would vanish. The Smiths had had enough. 
they contacted the Daily Mirror, and the newspaper sent out a reporter, and they reached out to the SPR, who sent out paranormal researcher Harry Price to find out what was going on at Borley Rectory. Harry Price was a well-known, renowned investigator of mediums, psychics, and seance. Shortly after his arrival, supernatural activity increased at an alarming rate. On his first visit to Borley Rectory, he immediately witnessed poltergeist activity. Price heard the ringing bells, as well as rapping noises, and even witnessed objects moving around the house. He also connected with other witnesses who had seen unexplained activity in the home. Harry and a man named Mr. Wall examined the nun's walk, looking to catch a glimpse of the entity. Price and Wall waited from the summer cottage as the sun set. They were standing there, smoking their pipes, when Mr. Wall grabbed Harry's arm and called out, There she is! It was nearly dark at that time, but Harry fixed his eyes on the tree line, and he too saw the dark, shadowy figure of a nun gliding towards the end of the garden. They made their way to the rectory and stepped inside. Immediately, they heard a loud crash. One of the thick glass panels fell and smashed on the ground at their feet, showering them with splinters. They found half of a brick laying on the floor and hurried upstairs to see if someone had played a trick on them, but nobody was upstairs and they never found out where it came from. By 1929, the Smiths had had enough and moved out of the house. Next, the Foister family would move into the rectory. Almost immediately, poltergeist activity would hit an all-time high, with items disappearing, doors mysteriously slamming and locking on their own, and the ghostly nun would knock so hard on the windows that several of them would break. The activity hit its peak when Marianne Foister was slapped. She was thrown from her bed and almost suffocated with her own mattress, all while heavy items were being thrown around the room by something unseen. Marianne began receiving messages written on pieces of paper, which eventually moved to messages that were scribbled on the walls. They were hard to read, but likely said, Marianne, please get help, and Marianne, light mass prayers. Harry Price believed that these messages must have been left by the ghost of the nun. However, many were skeptical about these ghostly writings, and many believed that Marianne was writing these messages herself. Reverend Foister kept notes on all the paranormal instances that took place during their stay and recorded over 2,000 instances of unexplained activity at Borley Rectory over the five years that they stayed in the home. Controversy swirled around the rectory as more and more people became convinced that Marianne was faking many of the paranormal occurrences. She would later admit that she was having an affair with a reporter and used the commotion around the house as an excuse to disappear during the night. Once she was accused of writing the messages on the wall, she blamed local boys from the church, claiming that they must have been writing these messages on the wall as an elaborate prank. She was also accused of being responsible for throwing wine bottles down the stairs, pretending to be a poltergeist. While this casted doubt on the haunting at the rectory as a whole, Harry thought that she might have been in the beginning stages of possession, causing her to act this way. After five years of horrifying occurrences in the house, the Foisters moved out. Harry Price and his crew wanted to stay and continue their research. They put an ad out in the paper looking for open-minded people to spend time in the house with them and search for evidence of the hauntings. Price leased out the rectory for an entire year and dozens of curious investigators joined in on the research. Price brought in several mediums and they conducted a series of seances. In 1938, a psychic medium named Helen Glanville made contact with a spirit that called itself Sonix Emures who claimed that he would set fire to the rectory, and in its rubble, they would find the bones of a murdered person. On February 27, 1939, the building caught fire when the rectory's new owner, Captain W.H. Gregson, 
knocked over a lantern. Locals gathered around and watched the blaze. They claimed to see dark shadows moving through the flames while it burned. Harry Price heard of the fire and returned to the rubble before it was completely demolished. Remembering what Sunnix had prophesied, Harry made his way to the basement. He began digging around and actually uncovered several bones, including a female jawbone. Skeptics say that these bones were actually the bones of a pig, but a surgeon who analyzed the remains determined that not only were they human, but they were female, and the victim was even suffering from an abscessed tooth at the time of her death, which may explain the constant look of pain on the ghostly nun's face. Ed and Lorraine Warren made over 24 trips to Borley Church. In 1976, a newspaper reporter from Danbury joined the Warrens on their visit. The rectory had long since burned down, but Borley Church, where many believe that the ghosts from the rectory had moved to, still stands. The reporter who joined the Warrens made it very obvious that he was a skeptic, and he was constantly making snarky remarks to Lorraine. At one point they separated, with the reporter making his way off on his own. The Warrens heard something banging around in the other room. The reporter came running out screaming, Something's hitting me! It's hitting me! It's hitting me! He was absolutely hysterical, demanding that they vacate the premises at once. The reporter happened to be recording on a voice recorder during the attack. On the tape, you can hear his voice saying, I can't breathe, followed by a female voice softly saying, Hit him. Hit him. The Warrens reported sightings of the nun walking the grounds and even claimed to capture footage of the bioluminescent form of the nun gliding down the aisle of the church and approaching the altar. Lorraine also claimed to see the ghost of a monk sitting behind the altar, but she was the only one who could see him. The Warrens continued to visit Borley Church every year on their anniversary and claimed that with every visit, they experienced some type of psychic phenomenon. The Borley Rectory is known as the most haunted house in England thanks to Harry Price's book titled The Most Haunted House in England. It's surrounded by controversy, and skeptics love to try to debunk every aspect of this. But there has been hundreds of witnesses over hundreds of years that have seen something paranormal at Borley Rectory. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the poltergeist of Borley Rectory. Folks, welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 68. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. Now, Jesse, you know that I don't participate in rumors and conjecture and innuendo. However, I have it on several good sources and authority that Dave does, in fact, have a Borley rectory. <laughs> we're, we're joined by Dave Wilkins, who uh, might have a Borley rectory. I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm going to need you to repeat everything in that video because I was too busy reading all the nun puns and like not to pay any attention. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, there was uh, there Do was plenty of nun puns. Hours? It was a long one. It was a long one. Was that the Snyder cut of this version, or like what are we doing here? Well, it's um, the Borley Rectory is like the Amityville of England, right? Because of all the controversy and all the people who think they can debunk stuff. 
So, I mean, Amityville was also a very long episode for us. So that's true. Makes sense. That's true. true. And joining us on the show today is a special guest. A lot of people in chat are here to see our special guest. So we will not leave you waiting. Uh, Also part of the Bloody FM network is Chris from Haunted American History. Welcome in, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Thanks for joining. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We thought this was the perfect opportunity to bring Chris in as he's haunted American history. He can now do something over in England. We get to expand his world and do a, another haunting that he hasn't covered on his show. And can't because you've you've pigeonholed yourself. Yep. I know nothing, of, you know nothing about this. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have you heard of England before? I have. I've heard, okay. it's, it's come up once or twice. All right. Good. Good. So we're on the same page then. We'll see. Yeah. So this one's this one's a controversial one. It's mm-hmm. uh it's full of controversy, which is what makes it controversial. And it all revolves around Harry Price's involvement. And he was a member of the SPR. And almost immediately, as soon as he got involved with it, everyone was trying to debunk it. So there are definitely parts of this that were faked and fabricated, mostly by Marianne. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But there was a ton of history that came before Harry Price was even introduced to this, a ton of hauntings. Now, a lot of that revolved around the Bull family. And then once the Smiths went in there, that's when Harry Price was introduced to the situation. But you had basically like, what, a good 40 years of hauntings before then. So and it, be, it already gained this reputation of being a haunted location. So even if you deb- throw everything out the window that Harry Price discovered and everything, which I don't, but... We'll kind of debate that in a little bit. I think it's uh, it's fair to say that at least it had its haunted history. True. And it's, I mean, the history that allegedly led up to the ghost of the nun is pretty grisly. That whole part of the story, whether it's true or not, I know that there's been some back and forth on whether or not they believe that that actually happened with the nun being bricked into the walls there. Pretty pretty dark stuff if it, if it really happened that way. Yeah, there is no records to show that that's true. Now, mind would you, you make was, a record if you were bricking somebody into a wall, right? Would you write that down, or would you be like, "We're going to do this, and we're going to keep it on the DL because it's not a good look"? Right. It sounds extreme. And I'm sounds- pretty sure that Chris has actually um, put some people in his own walls. So, what is your uh, normal mo for that? Do you for as our, people in walls? As our resident yeah. resident expert on bricking people into walls? I mean, you really can't discuss that openly. <laughs> you don't want to self-incriminate. That's foolish, gentlemen. We can't. <laughs> the what was he? Uh, Reverend Harry Bull. He was the guy who was around. It was what was the early 1900s. He was uh, a resident at the 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 Borley uh, Rectory. Yeah. So he was. So Henry was the one who basically had had the new one built. Harry was his son, who was actually mm-hmm. also named Henry, but because that's confusing, they started calling him Harry. Ah. Uh. So, uh, but both of them were there. Both of them reported the hauntings. Now, Henry, uh, what a lot of podcasts leave out of their breakdown of this, and which I did until now, but we're going to mention it so we don't fit into that category. He was suffering from syphilis, and that's actually how he died, was the later stages of what that turned into. And as we know from, guess what? We already mentioned the Warrens. We might as well mention Al Capone. In the later stages of his life, he started hallucinating and 
I'm just trying to set the record for these bingo cards so they can just win it right away. But <laughs> he started like, this is one of these things where it's like, if you don't get this, this treated, and I don't even know if there was a treatment at the time, then over, over time you deteriorate. So some of the skeptics on this say that this man was just hallucinating, but his son did not die of syphilis. So he also saw what his father saw. His, his children apparently also saw what his father saw and they saw so much of it. They saw this nun so much from their dining room that his father was sick of it. And, and Harry was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm breaking this thing up. I can't take the kids complaining about seeing this ghost nun. And apparently she would just come stare in the window, which is unbelievably creepy and sad. So mm-hmm. can that. I go, can I go off on a little side tangent real quick? Um, you two are parents, Chris. I'm not sure if you are, or I am. If, you're, if you're going to be in the future. We, we got to stop naming kids after something that sounds like you could walk into a brothel and pick off of a, a menu, you know, like Harry, Harry bull, like I'll just walk in. Bowl. I'll take the Harry bull. Um, well, what's, what's over there? The shaven maiden, you know, I don't know if I want that. Do I want the Harry bull? Let's like bring what us are we back doing? To, um, the block Island episode, right? With the Harry Knowlton. Yeah, like, yeah, we, exactly. We just got to get rid of the name Harry. Like you just got to, just got to get rid of it off the board completely. It just it leads to too many things. It's had its heyday. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly. done. It's all the done. most the most famous Harry is probably Dirty Harry, and you couldn't make any, you know, jokes about that name. Harry Potter is a little more famous than. Oh, Dirty maybe Harry yeah. I suppose you're right. I'm dating myself now. <laughs> Popular right. in, in London. I have one of my only British friends. Not that I have anything against British people, but I just don't have many of them as friends. Uh, his name is Harry. Isn't that a great fact for the show? Yeah, everyone, everyone's so happy that you just brought that up. It's impressive, really. Thanks for coming on, Chris, to make sure that we got that nugget out of jail. I don't think I've met a Harry. That's, that's because you only cover America. You gotta go. <laughs> They're all over the place. Sorry, this got me again. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I know one either, actually, now that I think of it. That sounds mm. like one of those like older names. Like like yeah. you you would probably know a couple older people named Harry. Maybe. But it doesn't seem like there's many young Americans that are naming their kids Harry. So thank God. It's gotta die out. Yeah, it's like Ethel or you know, you don't know I don't know any Ethels. Right? It's an older name. Yeah, you're just born forty five when you name your child Ethel. I know. <laughs> Gertrude. Yeah, not many of those. Anyways, let's continue to talk about this nun that was bricked into this wall because allegedly has expired we can talk right. about it so i think dave brings up a good point where it's like would there really be a record if this thing happened it seemed to be passed down from legend people believe that maybe it was kids from the church that came up with this story because the building looked so imposing it looked like a very haunted building so like oh don't you know about the legend of the girl who was bricked up there and it's got this fancy story so there's a few variations of the story i went over a couple of them but One was that, you know, they both got caught. Monk got hanged. The poor driver of the horse and buggy, the carriage, he was just beheaded, which is crazy. Collateral damage. Yeah, that that seems a bit harsh. But, I mean, I guess if you violate the rules and if they violate their vows, then they get uh, put to death. John, with a $2 donation in Super Chat. Thank you, John. So just notice there were none Super Chats. Yeah, that's the first one. Boom. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. John is the that. current reigning champ right mm-hmm. now in Super Chat. Uh, like we have uh, Valak is uh, probably the most famous nun in chat right now. That's that's pretty exciting. That's Imagine hating sex so much that you're like, oh, I got to murder these people now because they had sex. 
Yeah, different they times. Definitely, definitely yeah, different times. A lot of sex in this episode. It's a very sexy episode. I mean, the, what was it? The we're talking nuns and monks. Fourteen kids. Well, everyone's banging, and this is this is like the root of all the problems in this episode. Yeah, fourteen and, kids is a that's a that's a problem. Yeah, you have, you have to go to the hospital, sir. Get something checked out. <laughs> well, there wasn't a whole lot to do back then. Yeah, I guess like that and have kids right? and, and stare at nuns at your window. Literally build a cottage just to watch a ghost nun. So, hmm. <laughs> uh, well, Valak just came back in with the top donation of four dollars and ninety nine cents in super in super chat. So thank you very much, and uh, thank you for being our top donator there. Yeah, so they had in the book that um, the most haunted. It says the most haunted again. Another Harry, by the way, Harry Price, <laughs> in, in his book, which is titled The Most Haunted House in England, uh, he went over like super into detail on the construction of this summer cottage, which was where Harry spent most of his time and then or Henry spent most of his time and then Harry also spent most of his time. And they they literally just went there to watch this ghostly nun walk on this path, which is creepily now named the nun's walk. And they started calling that pretty early on. So they were just sitting there. They would have their ritual. It was usually right at sunset. That's when they would mostly see the nun walking this path and they would just go there. And that was, that was where they would hang out and watch it. And this wasn't the only haunting that was going on. They were also getting footsteps and disembodied voices. And I'm not sure if it was this family or the next family that had um, heard this. I think, I think it was the following family, the Smiths, but they had heard this weird voice that said, don't Carlos don't. And to most people hearing this episode, there is nobody named Carlos. Everyone is named Harry. So we're like, who the hell is Carlos? But some say that Carlos was one of the nicknames of Harry. So could be the ghost of that. How do you get Carlos from Harry? I don't know. My name's Harry, but my friends call me Carlos for short. Maybe this was the problem. Maybe they're like, like ah, everybody's named Harry. And they had to come up with some creative <laughs> nicknames. So they're like, Carlos. <laughs> it doesn't sound english it doesn't but i mean these are i don't know holy people they read from the bible i mean i'm sure carlos was a latin name you know it's definitely a, a, in spanish but can we, i don't know can we talk about i know this is going back and like i'm jumping around but can we talk about like the the mindset to be like oh, i keep seeing this ghost out this window Guess I need to brick up the entire window so I don't have to look at the ghost anymore. Like that's your response to it is to brick up your windows. That's extreme, especially in your dining room. Like if it's if it's looking through like one of the bedrooms or like a, a bathroom or something like that or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, but you get away think, with that. Yeah. To to brick up the entire dining room window, like that seriously ruins your dinner. Like, we, we, like this isn't this isn't today. There's no TV. There's nothing to I mean, what are you gonna talk to each other during dinner? kind of family is that if you had a scary ghost nun that was peering in a window from outside mm. I, i'm i mean i might brick the window up oh sure for sure and i think that actually i know we're joking about it but that that gives some authenticity to the story because if they didn't see a ghost they're not just gonna brick up the window unless it's a really drafty window i have really drafty windows in my house it's you should cold. Brick up all your windows i should i'm thinking about i might just do bricks i'm gonna have to go bricks windows are expensive bricks are cheap It'd be interesting to know if the 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 walkway was named Nun Walk before they started seeing the nun, and they put the, the you know the window on that walk, and you know, then who's really to blame? 
I know, right? I wonder. I mean, I I doubt it, right? It's probably I mean, it's not. Be, That's a stretch. Yeah, they, they, they coined it after they started seeing the nun. Uh, yeah. Real quick in Super Chat. We had $1 from Mar and then another $5 to take the top spot. That is Mr. Matthew T. Coming until, back as the reigning champion. Until. $5 donation. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, until John. Oh, my out. goodness. Sorry. I was, I was back in chat. I didn't want to forget about them, so I kept scrolled up there. John came back with five dollars and one cent. Our, our podcast is turning into like an auction. <laughs> it's ever since Give Rob started doing there. the auction voice when we spun the wheel. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. So that's I don't know how you guys get anything done with the super chat thing going on right here. Oh. I have zero. I'm just watching everyone speaking, and that's all I can focus on. Chris, have you listened to our show? It's not very. Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel. Well, this is why I, I can't do anything live. <laughs> Exactly. Very, so so Stephanie brings up a point. She says she says uh, they needed to just invite her in for dinner. Well, I, I think that's probably a joke. I think this is something like that maybe she maybe she was sad. It seemed like she had a message to tell, right? And a lot of these hauntings, this is what is required to put a spirit to rest or let help them to pass on or pass over, whatever you would call it. They've already passed on. I guess it would be pass over. Crossover? Crossover. Crossover. That's the word I'm looking for. Anyways, so a lot of them they have some sort of unsettled business, or it just could be a residual haunting, which is kind of what this sounds like. It sounds like she's just walking the same path every single day, same time. It seems like it's not an intelligent haunting, but her just showing up to the window and just looking in. I mean, maybe that's just part of her route, but I don't know. Andrew says, nothing bad has ever happened when you invite the entity in. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. It's a great point. That's rule number one, I think, is to not do that. Yeah, yeah. Do well, not. Andrew happens to be an expert on nuns, and I'll tell you why. Now that the episode has already aired and everyone had agreed that it was unbelievably well-produced and extremely scary, Andrew happened to be the nun in that video. <laughs> Andrew was the master of all costumes, and uh, I just gave him a call. I was like, hey, you got a nun costume? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, swing by. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> he has everything. So, yeah. yeah. Not Chris as scary was- when you guys go back to watch this episode. <laughs> Chris was actually supposed to wear his nun costume on yeah. stream. And uh, you disappointed us. I'm sorry. I had a little problem I had to handle prior to uh, <laughs> you coming out of it. Looking through your costume chest, and it turns out you had none. Mm. See? God damn it. God damn it. I'm pretty good with it, too. Uh, Matthew T coming back with $5.02, followed by Mariah M, who immediately takes the throne away from Matthew T, which which was very nice to us, but not very nice to Matthew T. But she drops $9.99 in Super Chat. So it's not a real stream until chat distracts them, which they have been doing a phenomenal job of doing. So far i'm useless <laughs> it is all we're doing it's all we're doing is reading chat anyways so that was the uh the first family the bull family lots of kids and most of them i think saw the ghost and word started spreading around that this is a very haunted location so just real quick going back we, we're talking about like residual versus like an intelligent haunting and from everything i was looking up it sounded like it was a lot more residual in the beginning and as time progressed, it became more of an intelligent haunting. Is that is that the way that you interpreted it as well? Or I, I I still when I go back to this the nun in particular. Now, mind you, it could be none in particular. It could be multiple ghosts haunting this place, which I definitely think is there because there's also a I mean, there's clearly poltergeist activity, and I don't think it's the nun that's doing this. So I do think that there are several entities on this now we had told we had told the original story of the monk and um 
and the nun who fell in love or whatever. That was from a previous property that was built on it. There was no real nunnery or a convent in the area. There was one, I think, like eight miles south, which I guess that's possible that they would cross paths at some point. It seems like, I don't know if there are some sort of religious activities that all get together for. I don't really, not too familiar with those happenings, but that could have been something. But even before that, I mean, there's his, there, there's records of different buildings being built on that land and on that property dating back hundreds and hundreds of years, not just the 1860s, but they're saying all the way back to like the 12th century. And the church across the street is super, super old as well. And that's also supposed to be haunted, which we kind of touched on at the end of the episode. Yeah. And what I was reading is that like these buildings, like they would, the families would die. They would bury the families. They would tear the building down and just rebuild. They would bury the families like Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline on the land and then just rebuild a new building on top. And it just kept happening in England because they don't have as much space. Um, Chris, I know you're unaware with England. You've never heard of it, Yeah, no, but it's a continue. lot smaller than America mm. and they, they run out of space quicker. That makes so sense. That's how they were doing things there. Um, not, not as prominent as we do here where we just kind of throw bodies around wherever walls, all kinds of places. Yeah, That's yeah. true. I don't know if that would be such a problem in Borley because Borley is, very densely, uh, not densely, but sparsely populated. There just isn't that many people there. So I, there's, I, there's, there's barely any people there. Uh, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, I hate the show so much. <laughs> Mike B dropping $4.98 in Super Chat saying, none shall pass. Good reference. I enjoy it. Now, the good Rev, Harry uh, uh, Sr., he had a little bit of a reputation, I was reading, that uh, maybe he was a little bit of a huckster, kind of putting on a, a show to support his 14 children. Mm. Tell Do you us. want to tell us mm. more? Oh, no one uh, talked about this. Look at that. So, you, got, you got something we don't know. So um, they were talking about the writings on the wall and how occasionally the writings would, I guess they would disappear. They would appear and they would disappear. And they said that the way that was done, but was by packing sand in the, in the walls in, in lieu of uh, like insulation. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, it would be damp and it would just, the moisture from it would just erase the the writings on the walls and after the fire there was a they saw that there was a lot of passages between the walls and like room for children to kind of poke their heads out and you know use they said the the, the piano would play and there would be uh, one of the kids in the wall with a fire poker playing the piano and things like things, things of that nature just trying to bring uh attention to the house uh, to try to, you know, pretty much raise money in ways. So you think that, so this was the Harry, one of the Harry Price, I think is who you're talking about. Harry, Well, Harry Price was the investigator. No, I'm talking about Harry, the Reverend Harry Bull. Harry Bull. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wow. got you. I got you. So I think I, I, I didn't read that, but uh, that's, that's an interesting one. And I think sprinkled in with some legitimate hauntings, you had a ton of kids that lived here. You also had a bunch of kids from the church that would come over after church because it's the rectory and they would have some sort of activities for the local kids. Kids are going to play pranks. And if they hear that this building is haunted, 
they're probably going to mess around and be like, oh, oh let's yeah. do this because people are going to think it's a ghost. They're kids. This is going to happen. And when you have so many people moving through this building, I think there is a heavy mix of bullshit mixed in with authentic hauntings that really give the skeptics on the case a field day because they're oh, like, yeah. well, this, this is fake and this is fake and this lady's having sex with everyone and chucking wine bottles down the stairs and everything. And she has a motive. And, you know, Harry Price is, you know, they think he's a lunatic. And there, there's so they, they have plenty of plenty of reasons to debunk stuff because a lot of it is debunkable. I think this but, is also probably one of those situations where you have actual hauntings mixed in with people embellishing and telling stories because kids, like you said, kids will do that. But it doesn't mean that all of it is bullshit. But that's the problem, though, is like when you actually have that situation happen, when there's actual hauntings and then somebody does one, it can just be one thing that you can debunk that they did it. It makes people discredit the entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what in a few cases. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Solar so, Flare, Solar Flare brings up a great point. He says, "Harry Potter." <laughs> <laughs> Spelled it that way, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that—that's like something we have seen time and time again, where people want to embellish because they want to make the story bigger. They want to maybe make themselves the star, or they want to draw more attention to something. And then it's like oh, well, we caught this guy putting sand in the wall to make the messages disappear. So now we're discrediting everything, even though we have 70, 80 years of hauntings documented by several, you know, dozen different people, other people coming up, showing up to the place, seeing the spirit of the nun, seeing other things happen. And then, you know, the one guy is here just absolutely ruining, like, the rest of the authenticity of the story, which Mm -hmm. sucks. And yeah, you see it so many in so many different cases too. You do. They just wait for the one thing to discredit it. I think with with Harry Price, I think he was a little too into it and a little too open minded. And now he did in his book, he called out a lot of things that he thought were fake. He immediately called out the original, the origin story with the nun and the monk. He's like, "There's nothing to say this is true, but here are the here are the stories. This is what the legends are. This is what people are saying that may be the root of it." But he was so determined to find the root of this and put a narrative to this ghostly nun. He was forever just trying to find out her actual identity. He was believing whatever psychics would come in and you'd be like, well, that's gotta be it. It's sold. Mm-hmm. And he would just kind of, I, I feel he had too much of an open mind. Like when it, when it became so clear that Marianne Foister was completely full of shit, he's like, well, perhaps it could be a demonic possession. It's like, no nah, dude, she's just, she's a crazy person. She's a drunk. She's having sex with everybody. She's throwing shit around the house. People have seen it happen. She's she's got an ulterior motive, which she completely admitted to. Now, mind you, she. Do you think admit- she's on a dating profile that I can look her up? If it's <laughs> she's going to be quite old, but <laughs> but so is everyone named Harry. So just create a new one with your name as Harry, and she, yeah. you're in. We're shooing. No problem. Yeah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> no problem. So sorry, it's- sorry to derail that rant of yours. That's okay. I wasn't going very far with it. It was already a rent that I already made, so that's okay. But yeah, it's but for him to give credit to some of the stuff that clearly is being faked, that's that. And I didn't touch on the biggest point, which was years after the fact, after the place had burnt down, he was still visiting and there was a reporter who went along with him and he's kind of giving him the tour and he's like, Oh yeah, this very haunted here, about very haunted spot over here. Here's where we used to see the nun. And then the reporter started getting hit with pebbles. He's like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck's going on here? So he chased down Harry Price and like shook him down and like emptied out his pockets and, it, and Harry Price's pockets were just full of little pebbles. 
And he's like, oh, this guy was just chucking rocks at me trying to <laughs> pretend he was a poltergeist. But me, I'm sitting there. I'm like, maybe he thought you were an asshole and he was just throwing rocks at you. Maybe he wasn't pretending to be a ghost at all. Maybe just throwing rocks at you. I, don't I, know. I also like that he like recruited people to come stay in the house and he had like this rules and regulations list, which it seemed like he was trying to do it like sort of in a scientific manner on, on one hand. On the other hand, it's like, now you're leading the witness kind of is like the way I looked at it. Well, I actually love this move from Harry Price. So he was obsessed with this place. He had been there for years. He went there when uh, each family was there, right? The Smiths had, had first called the man and he was there with the Foisters as well. And he was there for years. And then after the Smith, um, no, after the Foisters had moved out, the house was vacant. And he's like, I'll rent the house. Rents it for a whole year. Brings in dozens of people. I think it was 48 different investigators that would come in. And he had a list of rules on what you got to do. So it's like, okay, you, ha- you have to spend the night in the blue room. The blue room was where Henry and Harry died. They believe that this is one of the more haunted rooms in the house. It's like every night you also have to walk the nun's walk and see if you see anything. Now, mind you, why would he do this if the whole thing was exposed as fake? Because this is just going to, if it's not actually a haunted house, if you've been faking it the whole time, and Marianne was faking it, then why are you going to bring in a bunch of people that are just going to prove that nothing really happened? And he straight up admits that they did the whole year there and nothing that crazy happened. It wasn't nothing, but it wasn't on the level of the haunting when the Foisters were in there. Now, he pinned that on, I I mean, it seems authentic. He could have made stuff up. He could have been chucking rocks at people's heads, right? But he didn't at that time. Instead, after Marianne Foister is out of the picture, he goes on and just and comes up with basically nothing for a whole year. And they heard noises, but but they did a good job of like kind of turning around and being like, well, could have been the house settling. It's an old house. And, you know, you have to pay attention to the fact that there's thin walls and thin floors and gave reasons for everything. And why would he put himself out like that to just basically further discredit himself? I see this move as a move that shows some sort of authenticity. Hmm. Were they thin walls or were they thick enough to have secret passageways filled with sand? I believe some of them were thin. Actually, <laughs> it's it's a little bit odd how much in this book he goes through how he measured walls. It was like one of his favorite things to do. <laughs> measured everything. He Didn't gets he? a lot of credit to be like the modern day like ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Like like invented like the form of like the entertaining ghost hunter. Like yeah. all these like modern shows that like do they're basically doing what he was doing, you know, centuries ago. Well, not centuries, but that's a long time ago. Uh decades ago is what I'll say. Well, that was yeah. another thing that that had happened as well, where it's like the entertainment value, but he sought out authenticity with it as well. Right. Because when he went to go lease out the property, there was one of his buddies or his partners or something is that like, oh, let's turn this into a spectacle and it's gonna be this basically like a haunted house, like you would go to on Halloween. And he was like, eh, let's hold the phone on that and you know, let's just let's bring in some real investigators and see what we can actually get here. Yeah. Um, also, as I lose my train of thought, I had something to bring up there and I lost it. So it sounded like it was gonna be good. It was usually it's great. not. Usually it's not. Oh not like what I was gonna say is out. he um also his friends that like he did a lot of this stuff with, as soon as he died, they all threw him under the bus. They were all saying that he they like wrote a book about him faking it saying that 
like he did all of this to sell books and blah 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 and like and these were supposed to be all his friends and all i'm saying is i just i can't wait for dave to die so that i can throw him underneath the bus immediately if you just throw him under the bus immediately he might die oh that's true it's two birds (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I agree. But the other thing is like, oh, he was doing this to sell books, doing this to sell books. And then he up and had a heart attack and died. But at the same time, it was like, well, then they wrote a book. So you mm-hmm. maybe you did that to sell books, right? And it was just a shitty move for them to just completely discredit everything that he did. Well, also, I mean, some of it is warranted. Like some of the, I mean, some of this needs to be exposed as yes, some of this is bullshit. Yeah. And then there was people that lived in the house that were writing books as well, trying to get those published like fictional and non-fictional accounts. And one of them, especially she was all in on it. I, it might've been Marianne. I can't remember for sure, but wrote a book, a fictionalized version of what was going on in there. And all these um, publishers were like, Nope, this book sucks. We're not printing this. So then she like recanted everything after that. And it's like, right. So, that, that was, that was Marianne. Yeah. And this is, it wasn't until after this, that she started admitting to faking a whole bunch of stuff and that the whole thing was fake and she was just going along with it because it was fun. Right. So it was when every publisher was like, this book sucks. Then she's like, well, the whole thing sucks. Let's take that. <laughs> <laughs> Burned it all down. Chuck yeah. a fucking bottle of wine down the stairs because she was mad again. Uh, but what we can't discredit is the amount of sightings that have been seen before even the bowls were there, right? Like that's what we have. That's what I keep going back to is you had families before there that were seeing things, their guests coming. Um, There were tales of like objects disappearing and reappearing as well before all this. So it's, it's not just one or two people before like the, you know, stuff that could have been not on the up and up. It was multiple, multiple people. And it was known like it was a known commodity. It was, and it wasn't just people that lived at the rectory. See, then you could say, well, there's a motive. Maybe they're trying to, write a book about it, right? Maybe they're trying to make some money off it. But it was also people from the village, people from right. around town, people that worked at the rectory. I made it a point to bring up a couple of those stories. You had the guy that was the gardener, mm-hmm. and then you also had the guy that was the construction worker who was just on contract. He was just doing a little bit of work on the house when the house was vacant. And that's when he kept seeing the nun that was standing by the gate in the morning too. It wasn't like a nighttime haunting. One of those hauntings where it can just happen at any point in the day, which is pretty cool. So um it's, it's, so it's, it's not just that and also you have i'm sorry go ahead rob i was just gonna say chris just real quick i noticed that you're wearing an american flag hat while we do this england episode and i just want you to know we already this won choice we already won bud. we already won that war it's all done like just we're good calls don't run man <laughs> <laughs> he's on brand with his podcast it's the haunted I I american history. this was a total coincidence this is the only hat i own so that's pretty much my only choice well, you, you understood that you understood the dress code here. Yeah, it looks like you do have a black T-shirt on under the sweatshirt. Black so white sweatshirt is acceptable f- for now. It's chilly yeah. in where I'm. This draft. I didn't brick up my windows yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just the nun. Just so, the yeah. nun. He hasn't yeah. got to the windows. I haven't got to the windows yet. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So the. <laughs> so, like I said, the villagers saw this. The the co- I mean, the people that worked there saw it as well. But the people around town also saw the ghost carriage, which is a super cool haunting that I don't know if we've had one of these before. We've had ghost cars. We've had ghost um, ghost trains now, a couple of them. Ghost truck. A ghost truck in New Jersey last we week. We had a ghost truck last week. And now we have a horse-drawn carriage. 
that people would we did have a horse-drawn carriage at one point it does sound familiar that's why i kind of said familiar. it slowly hoping one of you would be like no you're wrong but uh yeah maybe i think there might i don't know about a ghost horse-drawn carriage i know there was a horse-drawn carriage in episode three where we did the houghton mansion in the berkshires there but that wasn't a ghost carriage Mm-hmm. We've had a few ghost horses, one in San Antonio. I think there's a few episodes, I think in Gettysburg as well. So mm-hmm. been a few ghost horses. Anyways, this one is cool because it's it seems to be with every account, there's one or two things off with it. Well, for one, it's a ghost carriage. That's mm-hmm. number one alarm. But it seems when people see the ghost horses pulling the carriage, they see it, but they don't hear it. They hear no sounds, and it should be making a ruckus, right? She'll be making a ruckus. And the horses are galloping. The, you know, the, the people are, are snapping the reins and doing the whole driving horses things. Clearly, I f- drove, drove a lot of horses before. Wow, that, I mean, that sounds right. Ton, tons <laughs> of horsepower. Anyways, the people that see it, they don't hear it. And the, but other people report hearing it go by, but they don't see it. So it's like one or the other, which is kind of cool. And the other variable with this is... Sometimes the people that are driving the horses, we call those the horse drivers. Sometimes oh, they have sci- a head. Scientific will, term? Yeah. Yes. Sometimes they have a head and they have a top hat on. And other times the, the drivers are headless. So a little fun fact for you there. Do they have the top hats on when they're headless? Yeah, that's, that's what I want to know. No top Just hats. Top hat on their shoulders. Dave, how are you going to wear it? I guess on the shoulders. Yeah. That, that would be kind of funny to see. It would be just no neck like Tyreek Hill or something, <laughs> but no head either. So I guess, yeah, even lower. But anyways, so that's, uh, that's the, the ghost, the ghostly carriage. But they said that every time people around town saw it, it would always be heading in the direction of Borley rectory. And that's the tie in with, with the building every single time. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also interesting that since the building is burned down, that all the hauntings are still there, but they've mostly moved over to the church, they believe. Yes. So that is that is interesting. Now, the church had apparently been haunted pretty much all along, yeah. where they were also getting hauntings over there. It's right across the street, apparently. Mm-hmm. And the church still stands. Obviously, the house does not, but... I don't know if the car- the uh, cottages are still there that I'd be interested to find out about. I'm assuming they just knocked it all down, yeah. but the grounds are still there. People still camp out to this day, but yeah, the, the church is haunted and they believe that a lot of the ghosts from the are rectory. You, are you anti camping in general, Chris? No, just- I love camping. I just, I'm when it comes for a guy who tells scary stories, I am the <laughs> biggest coward. You will not, you would have to kill me and drag my dead body to a haunted place. And that's the only way you get me there. Are you Dude. open to us killing you and bringing you to a not haunted sure. place? To make oh, yeah, anywhere you want to really go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm game. Just trying to figure out what options we have here. No, that's yeah, perfect. no. We don't check any. We don't cross anything off. It, it sounds like Chris is not joining us for an investigation episode <laughs> in the future. Or he's coming armed to the teeth. He's like, he's <laughs> don't run. <laughs> I mean, the English fox. I'd come if you just, you know, you just want to watch me run around screaming for uh and the smell coming off of me would uh, detract, you know, any ghost would stay far, far away. That's not, <laughs> sounds like it'd be great content. if we it does, it does. Guys, that's a home run. Yeah, it sounds amazing. So I'm like, you're so I'm liking this. We're going to change now, the name of the show from hometown ghost stories to 
Chris runs Watch Chris shit himself. Stephanie says, just don't tell him it's haunted. That's a good play. That's hey, good. Uh, Chris, why don't you come on up here to uh, hang out? <laughs> you guys <laughs> should have got haunted. <laughs> yeah, you be like, wait, if it's not haunted, this is the part where you kill me and bring me in. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I remember she told me the last said. three places weren't haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing this. It keeps working, though. All right, I'll come. <laughs> it's like Dave, it's like Dave. Whenever we brought Dave to now, I think since we've been doing this show, Dave has become a little bit more of a believer. But Dave is always the resident skeptic, and whenever we would go do like an actual investigation, it was only Dave who would get the good evidence. And we're like, God damn! Like <laughs> <laughs> Dave's over here, just like pissed off, getting great communications on the spirit box and knockings and everything at the Houghton Mansion. It's it's always the best stuff around. Like literally, like playing a knocking game with a ghost at the Houghton Mansion. It just. Just I didn't pat- hear it until after when we reviewed the tapes. We talking. I'm like, wow, man, that really was. Shit was just banging all around me, and I couldn't hear it. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so now Chris has to join us for an investigation. That's going to be in. fun. Sign me up. All right. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, oh, God. I'm just, I'm so sick of the chat making fun of me for flying a drone. I can fly a drone. <laughs> <laughs> like, it happened. I flew it. It went through the thing like i can do it it's it's not that hard yeah no drone footage of this uh of this place since it was fully demolished in the early 1940s they apparently could have maybe repaired it after the fire but at that point world war ii was breaking out and they were like well we got bigger things to worry about Mm. like the damn nazis so they didn't do that they instead they just knocked it down a few few years later and that was the end of it but the church was there and then dude i'm reading along doing my homework now, mind you, I've watched two god-awful movies on this place, which we could talk about for a second. The first one came out in like 2018 or 19, and it was it was horrible, dude. Like the first like ghost sighting of the nun, I actually took like a screen, I took a video of it, and I sent it to you guys. I'm like, this is what I'm dealing with right now. It was just <laughs> the worst. It was just like worse than what I shot today, which, I mean, I use a lot of camera tricks to try to make it look a little creepy, but this one just, you're looking at a bush. And a nun with a bloody face emerges from Bush, and it was the least scary, <laughs> anticlimactic moment I've ever seen in my life. And the, the movie was full of it. So then they did another one, like last year, maybe two years ago now. I think it was a 2021 movie. And this one was better, but still bad. Still really bad. This one was more just about Harry Price. Harry Price was involved in the first one. But it was um, they were both really bad movies. I got them both for free. So I think one was on Tubi, or maybe both of them were. Mm. But- Mm-hmm. I watched one today on Tubi. Oh, did you? Okay. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long, and it felt like it was about nine and a half hours. <laughs> I said, how is this movie still on? <laughs> it was it was pretty poorly done. It was just like, like, okay, you can make a nun creepy without having blood dripping down its face. Mm. And that was pretty stupid. And uh, spoilers, but at the at the very end, I mean, we just gave you spoilers on the, the, the whole show anyways. Like, now you know the story. But the movie was basically, basically that, but... <laughs> the little scene at the end where she's holding the mirror and you see the stupid, bad demon face in the, in the mirror. There's a lot <laughs> I don't know if you tune out at that point, but it was really, and it was way too, a good case of too much monster. As we say on our horror movie reviews, where you're just looking at this dumb face for way too long. Anyways, uh, bad movies, but okay. So watch both the movies, read both the books, and listen to about 10 podcasts on the Borley Rectory just to do all this research on it. And not a single one of them mentioned that the Warrens made like a yearly trip there. Now, this was after the, the building was demolished. But here I am. I'm like, God damn. 
the Warrens again. Okay, so we got to talk about the Warrens. But then, like, since no other podcast really talks about the Warrens, I should probably bring them up on the show because we got to be a little bit different than the hundred other podcasts that are on this. So, Warrens. Dave, did you know that the Warrens visited this location before this episode? I didn't, I didn't know until you brought it up. Mm. Yeah, so it. they have quite the story to tell. And uh, real quick, Matthew Matthew T with another $10 in Super Chat. It says, allegedly can fly a drone. <laughs> All right. Did I say allegedly a lot in this episode or something? I see Chat going saying allegedly a lot of times. I don't know if I'm getting. I think we always just say allegedly just so say that allegedly. we don't get sued. <laughs> we just say it like, to, co- to cover our ass. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? That Safe was an ongoing bet. joke. Yeah, a few episodes. I think that was during the the murder episode, so we didn't get we didn't get lawyers after us from the unbelievable like lady. Chris allegedly put a nun on his wall and put bricks in it. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly hates England. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, he hates England. <laughs> You can't be held liable for that. <laughs> so the Warrens always have the best stories. I mean, it's just always the extreme to where I'm like, did you? Did you? Did you see a nun walk down the altar and then a monk standing behind it? The one cool story that I did include with the Warrens that I do believe is the skeptic reporter who all of a sudden just started getting his ass kicked in the other room by a ghost. Love and it. then the the voice recorder that he had on him had the uh, the voice evidence where it was like a female voice saying like hit him hit him so there must be like some like boss ass woman ghost that lives in that church that is able to command the demonic creatures or whatever to to, to do her bidding and just beat the shit out of news reporters that are skeptic inside of her home. That's gotta and be the that's ghost. Awesome. That's gotta be the nun ghost. Like what a nun thing to do. Hit him. She's a ruler. <laughs> yeah. Slap, slap ruler. him with that ruler. Yeah, but he had it coming. He had it coming. So that that was the coolest story from the Warrens. I mean, all of them were really cool stories, and if they're true, then they're 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 awesome. So true. But Papa Squatch says get, Lorraine Warren is a psychic medium, but her abilities are extra large. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Extra medium. Yeah. Ian says the Warrens are the only dead people that still piss me off. I think there's <laughs> I think there's some pretty bad dead people besides the Warrens. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Hitler is dead. <laughs> you can I, mean, still I don't know if they cracked that. the top ten. At least my top ten. Crack. I know. I know. I'm saying it's all British people on his top ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like fuck Harry, Harry, <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter, and six other Harrys. Yeah, we don't get along with the Harrys apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did a British accent when I was saying what you say. You don't have a well, I do that when I name Harry's. Yeah. Just How gets you me not? really gets me really amped up. <laughs> yeah. Gets fired up. Yeah. It's, it's the only way to say their name, exactly. really. <laughs> Can't pronounce vowels. <laughs> we're really we're really getting to the root of this haunted American history name. It, I see what happens here. <laughs> yep. This is yeah. an intervention. Yeah, this is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think the reading through a lot of like what the skeptics say, there's not a lot of facts. There's not a lot of facts in what the, the skeptics say, and obviously there's a fair share of bullshit in the actual haunted stories. So this is kind of a weak case for the skeptics, in my opinion. Do you think that the um, – we talked about the story of the the little shadow man running around the bedroom. Do we think that was Dave? I was waiting for it. I was surprised nobody. I was surprised nobody said anything in the chat when when you said I was waiting for it. Is there anything else we need to hit on? Uh, I mean, I feel like we probably left out so much. There's so much to cover in 
boil the rectory to do it in one episode, but like extending it to two would have been weird too. Um, yeah, especially because it's like it's not even there anymore. So it's hard to like we'll never know. Right. We'll never know. I mean, a lot of them were you know, I, I mean a lot of it was debunked and everything like that, but it's it's not really a location you can go to anymore. I mean, you can go to the grounds, but it's so hard to find hauntings outside. I know there are plenty of places where you do see ghosts, especially Gettysburg and a few other locations where you can find ghosts outside, but I, I find it much harder to capture evidence. Like you can pretty much rule out almost all audio evidence mm-hmm. due to insects and bugs. And um, <laughs> I thought you said incest at first. And I was like, <laughs> can't rule that out. Either. <laughs> I was like, what is going on in this story? You never know. So, Chris, was there anything I, else in this episode you found? Uh, I mean, there's th- th- this is why I stick to America, guys, because <laughs> it's not as old and there's not as lot there's not a lot to talk about. You could really just tap out twenty minutes in and out, <laughs> you're done. You got about a hundred years worth of stuff to talk about. You're good. That's fair. Did you find anything else in this particular one that you wanted to hit on? Um, no, not really. I mean, the there was really about you know Harry being a huckster is really what. Uh, jumped out to me but uh the the thing that really got me was when you showed the images of the the warrens i've never seen what they looked like before and i was astonished yeah no that's they're they're uh i mean they're in every episode for us so our our listeners our viewers see them all the time but yeah you, you got the picture in your head of the of, Lorraine warren right the yeah. movies yeah and uh yeah nothing like, nothing that, like who's that, that elder of a gentleman standing next to that lady <laughs> yes i know <laughs> Well, actually, the uh, the new the Conjuring Fourth they made uh, Vera Farmiga look a lot more like Lorraine Warren did in real life. Yeah, they're starting to do her hair up, mm-hmm. like yep. uh, like, like like she used to wear. Mm. Just like Dave, was there anything else on this one that you wanted to hit on? No, I just I think that um, it was interesting to compare it to Amityville because they are very similar. I mean, the hauntings themselves aren't similar, but the way it was, you know criticized with the skeptics and the debunkers was very similar. And then to see Ed and Lorraine Warren were also involved in that one was pretty interesting. And I, I always go back to when there's a building that's haunted and the building disappears, the grounds usually stay haunted. And that's why when newer buildings get put in the places, the newer buildings is haunted by the older spirits. So Mm -hmm. I would push back a little bit on, Oh, well, the building's not there anymore. So how haunted can it really be? And I would say probably just as haunted as it was before the building was there or while the building was there. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't rule out the idea that they moved over to the church. The reason being is I think a lot of people that were in the rectory in life were moving back and forth between the church anyways. Right. It was basically, you know, for those that don't know what it is, it's, it's basically the pastor would or the priest would live there. And that was his house and he would go work at the church. So obviously they're going back and forth all the time anyways. Maybe, maybe that's where the nun was walking to. So, I mean, there's a few accounts of the nun's walk where she was disappearing near the road. So maybe that was because she was crossing the street and going to the church. So maybe there is some validity to that. And hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not haunted because the building's not there. I'm saying it's hard to prove at this point in time that the building was haunted because you can't go in there and still find the same evidence inside the building that is no longer there. Right. Especially with like, um, residual hauntings or where the ghosts do the the same repetitions that they did when they were alive. That's why you get like, when you take a building away or a lot of times when you add a wall to a building that wasn't there before, that's why people see ghosts walk through walls because the ghost is just repeating the motion, right? Despite the fact that now there's a wall there where it wasn't before, they'll walk right through it. There you take the building away and now you have a ghost that was walking down the hall is now walking down the path that's there now. So 
It's a good point. Yeah. And you've seen that in a few different places as well as I think it was, was the Elvis story where there was like, they would see his car just drive like right through the building. Cause that used to be where his garage was or something like that. I think so. Right, Rob? Uh, yeah. What was uh, the question, sure. Rob? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? It was about Elvis and like him going into the wall with the with the car, right? That's oh, there you go. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. All right. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry to hit you with that old like fifth grade math teacher trick right there, but you yeah, <laughs> didn't seem like you were paying attention. Apparently you were. Awesome. I was also, I was paying attention, but I was also now that I wasn't going to say it on air, but we're doing a little special post-credit scene tonight. And I was informing the chat that mm. they need to stick around for that. Oh, um, Marvel movie. Mm. Let's give away some stickers. All right. And while, while you're doing that, go ahead and do that. And then I'll hit my final point on the thing because okay. that's what everyone's been waiting for is for me to talk. I think they're waiting for stickers. Anyways, uh, I'm going to take the first 10 people that type the word stickers in chat because I always miss people, and I feel like if I limit it to 10 people, then we can figure that out. While, while we're collecting those people, uh, Chris, why don't you uh, drop us a little plug about your show? Oh. I guess he does not care about Rob's final thoughts. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, which one are we going to do first? You guys, Rob, I'm a guest I, here. You go. All I wanted to say is, like, if you are investigating a place, right, and it is haunted and you're getting activity, don't bullshit stuff, too. Because then you just, you're ruining it for you're ruining every bit of evidence that you've collected and every bit of evidence that other people have collected because now skeptics have a bullet in the chamber of, for their ammo of like oh well i don't have to debunk that because i can already debunk this and so just make sure you're investigating the right way is all yeah it's like it's like getting caught lying in court the other lawyer yeah. is gonna have a field day if you get caught lying in court yeah so let's let's hear about haunted american history chris it's uh it's very on brand with what you know, similar with you guys do, just on this side of the pond. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, and uh, you know, I just go through American folklore, see where the history it came from, and uh, the stories that it inspired. There's a mixture of uh, you know, fiction and and actual, like you know, you know, factual things and retellings of old tales. A lot of them, you know, a lot of American folklore originated overseas, and you'll hear me uh, stumble on pronunciations from. German and all kinds of languages. Yeah, welcome. And yeah, what do, oh, get, yeah. Uh, what do you got coming up on uh, upcoming? Um, I have actually tomorrow. I have a bonus episode coming out on Wednesday uh, about the Pied Piper from Germany and nice. uh, an original story that mm -hmm. uh, that you know the Pied Piper folklore inspired. And Monday, I believe I'm going to Colorado. And visiting the Stanley Hotel. Oh, nice! Ooh, yeah, you're actually one. going through the country alphabetically, right? Alphabetically. Now, right? And for those of you, if you haven't listened to his show, um, listen to all of them. But specifically for me, your Alabama episode I found super interesting. So if you're Lost looking furnace. for a starting point, I like the Alabama episode. But I mean, I'll, I like all of Chris's stuff. So um, thanks, Chris. Go check out his show. Put a good voice on it. Uh, Solar Flare says, I'm almost caught up on Chris's backlog. Ah, that's nice. great. Matthew T says, asks you a question. He says, Chris, have you ever heard the story about the slab <laughs> of bacon? Listen, take a good look at me, guys. I heard a couple of good stories about slabs of bacon. <laughs> you don't not want to hear this story. Not the one referring to, I don't <laughs> Yeah, not this one. Oh, no. We have hit capacity on talking about this story on podcasts. So, um, Chris, I'm sure Villisca might be on your list of haunted places to cover in the future mm. when you do you will find out about the slab of bacon oh good 
Make sure you yes. look into that. Velisca bacon. <laughs> I'm not gonna now. <laughs> <laughs> Are we oh, doing well, stickers? Well, it's time to spin the wheel. Let's see right. who the winner is. <laughs> And here goes the wheel. It's going around, around, around. Here we go. Here we go. Where's it going to stop? Who's going to get it? It's okay. Like it's going to be on Matthew T's. Got it. Matthew T's. Not even Absolutely a sweat on this that. one. Let's go. Not even a sweat on that one. Hell yeah. Congratulations to Matthew T. Make sure you reach out to one of us via yeah, just Discord or something. For sure. Uh, thanks to everyone who donated in Super Chat. We actually got a good chunk of donations again. So thank you guys so much. It was a valiant competition. And uh, I believe Matthew T was the winner as the top donator but everybody who donated thank you guys so much you don't have to do that we do appreciate it and uh on five star Tuesday reviews. before we do our next live episode which will be episode number 69 hey nice. valentine's day episode line that up perfectly uh we will be doing another patreon pre-show hangout so for t- people in the ten dollar or up tier you can hang out there and before the show even airs you could win yourself a five pack of hometown ghost stories stickers which are running low. So limited edition. We have enough. Don't worry. I just sent out all of the winners last week, which apparently we have four of them. So I sent all of you guys that, uh, that one last week, I sent your stuff out for those audio listeners. If you want to get in on it, um, you too can join in, uh, just join the discord and we'll do some giveaways on discord as well. And we oh, have, that's a great looking hat that you got in your head, Rob. Oh, it is. Isn't it's it? Full, it? It's almost like looks brand new, right? So we got, yeah hometownghoststories.com go to the website we have brand new merch up on the website now t-shirts you won't look as good as i look in it but almost almost and that's as i mean that's as good as anyone could ask for really right um special thanks to k and j graphics out of taunton kelly and justin uh putting those together for us so big thanks to you guys we appreciate it yep all right let's read some five-star reviews all right so the first one is from mccat mcbucky so all of a sudden, everybody's doing variations of the Bucky McCat ghost, but uh, this one's just titled Love It, and it's um, it's a simple one. It says, best paranormal podcast ever, to which I say, thanks and suck it, Chris. For <laughs> Ah, now I see. <laughs> That's why he really brought you on was just five-star reviews. Now. He's actually never done this before. <laughs> and we don't have any five-star reviews. He makes all of these up on the spot. <laughs> um we have one more five-star this week from Rusty Bear titled I'm Hooked. I found these guys a couple weekends ago while working on stuff for a Curiosities event, and I've been hooked since the first episode I listened to. I love that they are more than just the stories of a haunting, but actually get into the history of places and events that go along with the hauntings and discuss what parts of the stories they do and don't believe. So they're actually going to like this episode a lot. On top of that, these guys are hilarious and always keep me entertained. I'll definitely be a longtime fan from now on. So thank you, Rusty Bear, as well. So those are the two five-star reviews this week. Uh, make sure when you listen to Chris, you give him a five-star review as well. It helps yep. all oh, of us. Oh, I'd be so thankful for that. Yeah, we actually got quite a few orders. So shout out to everyone who ordered stuff. Papa Squatch ordered one this morning. We saw that one go through. Catherine uh, bought a beanie. Thank you. And Stephanie says, she challenges you, Rob. She says that Sydney says she looks better in her beanie. So mm. suck it, Rob. All right. I, I mean, I can't. I can't chastise a child, so I, I don't know where to go from there. Yeah, you lose that battle ten times out of ten. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, I would, once again, I would beat I would beat a little girl in a fight. Don't don't you? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. 
You haven't fought in a long time, dude. You know, it's been, it's been a while. It's been I know, a while since a our lot. days. Yeah, it's since cardio, your, man. Since your one and only day as a bouncer at a bar in Plymouth. I remember that fight. <laughs> a long time. That was Dave's fault, as always. always. The worst part about that job. fight is the police show up and they just arrest Buddha, who had nothing to do with the fight. But this yeah, is yeah, had something to do with it. But we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah. anyways. All right, so everyone in the chat, you're getting a post-credit thing. Anything else anyone wants to say? Yeah, pretty much do it. Let me uh, thank our, our patrons real quick. Oh, uh, let's do that. Yeah. VIPs, Jeannie R, Justin T, Lisa J, Mallory K, Mike B, Mom and Pops W, Robert H, Stephen V, and Demon King. Those are our VIPs. Thank you guys so much. We also have Allison V, Anna C, even better hometown ghost stories. We have Garrett, Lily, Jay, who is a brand new uh, patron. Thanks for joining the club. Uh, Jake V, Janice G, Marfire, Rachel B, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Anthony T, Brandon W, Brennan B, Captain McSlugs, Cody G, Huggy Bear, Kiralee J, Mark M, Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Sarah R, Sarah, the opium-loving prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not not making that analysis. This has nothing to do... This is what she picked for her name. We allow... We open this door, and the people are funneling through. (laughs) They're doing whatever they want to do. We let them name themselves on Patreon. So <clears throat> thank you, Sarah, for being a patron. Also, Solar Flare, Soph, and Hooper. You too can join on Patreon where you can <laughs> customize your name. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, without further ado, make sure you guys go follow Haunted American History. Phenomenal podcast. That's Thank Chris. He has a great voice. He's handsome. He wears <gasps> cool hat. I wear hats. You know what? Into the mic. These are the things. You get. <laughs> These are the things you can all look forward to. Yeah, yeah. We're all guilty of it. All right. I Let's think, do it. Uh, I, I don't know what the mute much. button is on this. What was that? So I don't know what the mute button is on this. This is all newfangled uh, things. For oh, me. yeah. This technology is terrible. It's I crazy. Hate, I hate this website. They're never going to sponsor us, so I'm just going to say, I, I hate it. You know, <laughs> mic levels are all over the place. There's no mute button. Uh, yeah, anyways. Well, no, there is a mute button. You just got to click on your microphone. Anyways, we're going to go now. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Friday. Friday, are we dropping movie review? Yes, Megan? sir. Sure. Dropping Megan review? Special Sh- special guest? Special guest, Megan. You said sure. Do we have another plan? Dropping Friday. No, I, don't I, don't have, I have no plans. I'm going to Nashville Friday. I have no plans Friday. No, for, for, sounds like you have big plans Friday, Rob. God. Sounds like you have the biggest bench of all of us. Thank God your camera's messing up. All right, let's go. Let's get Thanks again to Chris. Appreciate you. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having yeah. me. Catch you next time. See you. Later.